Hey guys, welcome back to the Strong Her Way. It's Alicia here, and I am so happy to have you with me again today. Today, we are going to be talking all about the non-diet approach. So this is a concept that I have been kind of developing over the past couple of years. And of course, as I continue to grow and learn, the concepts do as well. So first, let's kind of talk about the diet approach to exercise, food, and your weight or your body. It's often very shame-based, right? Very toxic, toxically or toxic um, shame-based. I'm kind of learning uh, the difference really between toxic shame and shame. So this kind of shame that's associated with um, dieting, oftentimes that mentality and exercise food in our body or our weight is often kind of this toxic shame, right? So it, it might make us feel really guilty. Guilt is a common emotion or feeling that uh, comes up for a lot of my clients, but it was also something that I really was used to feeling as well, right? So feeling guilty over eating something that I thought that I shouldn't be or, you know, feeling guilty for um, eating too much of something or, you know, whatever that is. Overthinking every single thing that you eat, every calorie you burn or every calorie you consume, it's feeling bad about yourself based on your weight or what your body looks or doesn't look like, right? So keeping in mind, this is all of kind of this diet mentality or the diet approach, really. It comes from a place of restriction and deprivation, right? So deprivation is kind of a huge um, feeling that a lot of people feel when they're coming or approaching their health and their wellness from this diet perspective. Oftentimes people feel like they're missing out, right? So it's like, oh yeah, I have to give up drinking or I have to give up dessert or sugar or I have to give up, you know, all of these kinds of things, right? So it's this really, it's kind of this mindset where you just sort of feel like you're missing out and that's never fun, right? So it's like, if we feel like we're deprived or we are restricting or we're missing out, of course, that's not going to be something that we want to do forever, right? Um, Weight cycling. So losing weight, gaining weight, kind of riding that roller coaster, Um, following meal plans that somebody else makes for you. Uh, So really, you know, I'm not a huge fan of having a done for you meal plan. I know a lot of people think that that's what they want. um, But the reality is, is that when somebody else is kind of creating your meal plan or the way that you should be eating, you don't really have any buy into that, right? So a lot of times we think that that would just make it easier for us to follow. But Oftentimes it doesn't and it ends up causing more problems because we're not completely bought in to that meal plan. So I'm a much bigger fan of you kind of figuring out, you know, what are the foods that you want to eat? What are the foods that feel good in your body? What are the foods that are really going to allow you to kind of be working towards your goals, your personal goals um, each and every day? And that really aren't kind of um, causing any other problems in your life, if you will. Um, So demonizing food or labeling foods as good or bad, Um, health really being the only or health is really kind of only identified when we're looking at weight loss or weight gain, right? So we hear that a lot. It's like, oh, yeah, I'm just working on my health. I got to lose weight. Losing weight isn't always an indicator that you're getting healthier, just like gaining weight isn't always an indicator that you're not healthy. So really just kind of looking at what are the other markers for health? Uh, Basically, it it would kind of be like any mainstream ideas around food, exercise, and or your weight or your body. So um, just kind of take, you know, take inventory again, look at, you know, when you think about food, when you think about exercise, when you think about your weight or your body, just notice like where 
those thoughts are rooted in? What are, you know, what's kind of the underlying message there? And does it evoke, does it um, stir those that feeling of kind of the toxic shame or feeling bad about your body? Um, and then how does that kind of play out into the rest of your life? So now some quick markers of what I would consider the non-diet approach. It's looking at all foods as being sort of allowed and um, air quotes, okay. So not having good or bad foods and you really kind of being the one um, that's responsible for deciding what you want to eat and in what quantity. And then just really like, again, like taking responsibility and checking in. How does this feel in my body? Um, Does it allow me to do the other things in my life that I want to do? And, you know, does it align kind of with my goals? Uh, making mindful choices that are in line with your goals, your lifestyle, and what's ultimately mo- most important to you. So again, like, yes, we want to be mindful. We want to be super present about the choices that we're making, but we also want to get super curious about why we're making those choices. And again, like, is it rooted kind of in that diet mentality that stirs up some toxic emotion or toxic feelings for you, um, then I want to invite you to really kind of look at, you know, that those goals are just like, be willing to kind of um, just question that whether or not those choices are actually the best ones for you long term. So there's, um, you know, n- we're not guilting ourselves about the food that we ate or the choices that we made. Uh, we're not experiencing that toxic shame over food, over body, over calories, um, or for messing up. So the non-diet approach is really, it's not about doing it perfectly. It really is just about finding something that feels easy, that feels simple, that feels like it could be something that you could do literally day in and day out for the rest of your life. Looking at exercise and movement for more than just the calories that we can burn, right? Or more than just like the way that this is going to change our bodies physically. The non-diet approach, I believe, truly does build resilience and mental strength. It develops emotional strength as well. Um, We want to really be working on also kind of developing other ways of coping with stress and our emotions than food or exercise. So a lot of times, and I was here too, is, you know, people will turn to exercise as a way to relieve stress. And that's totally normal. It seems super natural in the sense that, of course, exercise is releasing endorphins. So it would totally work as like a stress reducer. But sometimes we can't exercise, right? Like maybe we're sick or we're injured. And so if that's really our only way of dealing with and coping with stress or the pressures of life, then we're going to find ourselves kind of in this tricky place of still experiencing the stress and the pressures of life, but not being able to exercise, right? And then also understanding that exercise in and of itself is a stressor on your body. So even though like it's ultimately is good for us, it still kind of puts your body in the stress state. So, you know, we want to have kind of this wide range or we want to have like lots of different tools in the tool bag for how we're going to handle the pressures of life, um, how we're going to handle like all of the different emotions that come up, all of the different circumstances, um, you know, that's outside of kind of food and exercise. So really look at kind of at, um, adding some different tools in there and just having some different ways that you can cope with that. The non-diet approach is also really looking at your body's cues. So hunger, fullness, tiredness, exhaustion, fatigue, um, all of that. We want to be kind of, we want to just really learn how to listen to our bodies and discern what it's telling us and then uh, get better about kind of trusting ourselves to make that next best decision for us. 
learning how to eat the right amount of food for your body and your goals and your lifestyle, right? Understanding that your weight ultimately doesn't define you, your body and what it does or doesn't look like defines you. So there we kind of highlighted really kind of the diet approach versus the non-diet approach. So I didn't really realize for myself how much diet chatter was happening in my mind until I stopped dieting altogether. When I first started on this journey, I really kind of went through that honeymoon period of just eating whatever I wanted in all of the amounts that I wanted. And for a while, it really did seem to kind of work at first, but then something began to kind of feel off there. So I think that for myself, I really did need to have that experience of just eating whatever I wanted without really thinking about how much I was eating, what I was eating. I just needed to kind of have that experience of being able to eat without being, dic- uh, not dictated by, but um, without being ruled by the food rules that I had placed up around food, right? And so if you've been dieting or if you've kind of had this dieter's mentality, then chances are you really have a lot of rules about food of what you should and shouldn't be eating. Um, you know, it, it can vary so much on the scale. And so for myself, I really just needed to have that place of where I was just like eating whatever I wanted. And like I said, for a little while it worked, but then something really did start to kind of feel off, right? I felt afraid for sure at first without any sort of rules or boundaries around food. That felt like scary, uncharted waters for me because I had spent so much time trying to figure out like how I was supposed to eat, how I was supposed to work out, what I should and shouldn't be eating, that I had constructed all of those different rules and then to not have those, I just felt like, oh my gosh, like I don't actually know how to feed myself. And if we're not paying attention to what's happening in our minds, we will likely just end up turning the non-diet approach into another diet, right? So I think one of the big things too to really think about is that This is not about doing it perfectly. It's not about, you know, maybe like making a food plan for yourself and then like focusing on, oh my gosh, I have to do this perfectly or I'm deciding to do this particular workout plan. I have to do it perfectly because that just kind of puts us back into that dieter's mentality again. Really, this is about us practicing. It's about us trying. It's about us learning different skills and different ways to cope and think um, and really just different ways to be around exercise or around food or even around our bodies. Okay, so really be paying attention to are you just turning this into another diet or are you meeting yourself with compassion, with some grace, with some understanding, with a ton of self-awareness around um, your behaviors and your thoughts and those kinds of things. So I really did feel like I hit this point when I realized I wasn't feeling my best just eating whatever I wanted. And I wasn't actually honoring myself or my body or my goals with that attitude, even though, you know, I kind of thought that I was or I thought that I was justified, but it was just like I was so afraid of going back to dieting that I just kind of avoided all of it together, the scale or creating any sort of um, eating plan or anything like that, which is kind of crazy because I tend to follow a workout program and not really think anything of it, right? It's like, okay, yeah, just, you know, workout, do this exercise for this many reps, this many times through. And that makes a lot of sense. But for some reason, when I would think about myself kind of creating a food plan for myself, I had in my mind where it was like restrictive almost. 
And when I kind of realized how I was doing that, it's like, I don't look at my training program that way. So why was I looking at a food plan that I had created that way? So that was like a really big shift for myself was just that avoiding something doesn't mean that all of the baggage and all of the drama and all of the, you know, the negative thoughts or whatever, they're not, they're still there even if you're avoiding it. So really the only way to move past it and to move through it is to actually go through it and learn how to deal with it without reverting back to, um, you know, the dieting or, or even that rebellion of just being like, what the heck, screw it. It doesn't even matter. I'm just going to, you know, go, go, go and do whatever I wanted. So here's kind of the plan that worked for me. And I just wanted to share what I kind of went through, what I walked through so that if you are curious about what it looks like for you to kind of move out of this diet mentality and more into this non-diet approach, you can take some of this stuff and just kind of experiment with it. I think that that's one of the biggest things with the non-diet approach is that it really puts you kind of in the expert role. It really puts you in the place where you're calling the shots, you're making the decisions. And this can feel extremely scary because we're used to kind of the traditional model of having an expert tell us what to eat, having an expert tell us how to exercise or um, you know what we should weigh. And so this really is you just experimenting. It's getting to know yourself a little bit better, what your preferences are, what you like, and what really works for you in the long term. So for me, one of the first steps, I think, to really kind of this non-diet approach that feels sustainable and feels doable is I had to realize that I was kind of avoiding the scale. And that wasn't really helpful because the first time that I had stepped on a scale in a couple of years, there were some thoughts and some feelings that came up. And by just pushing those away or pushing those down, I wasn't actually dealing with those thoughts or I wasn't dealing with those feelings that I had towards myself or my body. And so it wasn't until I decided to stop avoiding the scale that I could actually hit those things head on and really work through those. So one of the first things I did, which sounds super counterintuitive, especially if Um, you know, you've been following kind of the anti-diet culture messaging and things like that, where it's like, you know, screw the scale, just avoid it. Um, And I think, you know, that there would definitely be like some situations where that is helpful, or there might be stretches of time where it is helpful. But again, I think like avoiding certain things doesn't mean that you're actually working through it. So I made the decision to get back on the scale. And that first time, like I said, I just kind of watched and listened to all of those thoughts that came up. I felt the anxiety, right? I felt kind of that uncomfortable feeling. But instead of like looking at that number and letting it rule me for the rest of the day, right? Like letting it dictate what I was going to eat or what I was thinking about all day long, kind of beating myself up. Um, I looked at that number and I saw it for what it was, which was literally just a number. There was no emotional or mental attachment to it other than what I decided, right? Or, and oftentimes like what we decide to make something mean is based on the culture around us. It's based on what other people think or what they believe. And so this was the first time that I really could just kind of like get on the scale see some thoughts sort of coming up around like, ooh, like, you know, how do I feel about this number or feeling the anxiety? But then I just got off the scale and I moved on with the rest of my day. And so I want to offer that that is something that is available to you as well. That's something that you can definitely work towards. 
So I just really let like all of those emotions, all of those thoughts be there. And at the end of the day, the number on the scale is 100% neutral. It only ever takes on the meaning when we assign it meaning based on our beliefs about that number for us, right? Based on what society thinks about that number, based on maybe expectations that we have or other people have placed for us. Um, You know, in fact, like if you even think about it, men and women tend to look at weight very differently. And I, and I truly believe this is like a cultural um, belief that we have, right? So it's like guys or like my husband, for example, he's always wanting to weigh more. So he has kind of this negative association with when he loses weight or if he's like a certain number and it's less than what he thinks he should be or that he wants to be, then he kind of has like that negative response. And women, on the other hand, it tends to be the opposite, right? So if the number's higher than what we think, then that's where we sort of feel disappointed or we feel like we let ourselves down. So even I think just recognizing that um, like theoretically, like a man and a woman could weigh the exact same amount, which actually not theoretically, like they do. There are certain men and women that weigh the exact same amount, but the experience of that number is different based on how each of those individuals or each of those people think about it. So that's something to kind of think about as well is that all of those things, you know, so that number really is neutral. You get to decide what you think of that number, right? Based on what you want to be believing about it, about what, um, you know, what ultimately is going to work and kind of help motivate you towards your goals. And oftentimes, you know, we think that we'll be more motivated by the negative thoughts or the negative feelings, but we won't. We're more motivated when we feel like, you know, we can take responsibility or we can take ownership or there are things that we can do to change the circumstance, right? And oftentimes we're more motivated by feelings. um, I don't want to say like positive feelings, but by you know, feelings of like confidence or compassion or understanding than we are around guilt or shame. So just really be thinking about that. So if you've been simply avoiding the scale because you don't want to, you know, be dieting again, or you don't want to, you know, maybe you have some really painful memories or painful thoughts around the scale and your weight, I just want to encourage you that you might be missing out on some of the most major important growth that you could ever experience. So asking yourself, like, what have you made that number mean? If it were money that somebody gave to you, would you think and feel the same way? So like, even if like, let's say the number is like 200, I'm just going to throw that out there. Like if you get on a scale and you see the number 200, you're going to have all sorts of thoughts about that. But what if the number were $200, right? And if it was $200 that somebody was going to give you, that's going to be way different of an experience for you than if it was like a surprise $200 bill that you had to pay out. So again, just like really hammering home that that number only assigns meaning like based on, you know, some of the other stories, some of the other thoughts about it, some of the other information. So really just be kind of curious about it, right? So really think about it. So of course, if you are, you know, working through like eating disorder, um, an eating disorder, or if you're in recovery there, Um, I don't want to interfere with the work that's happening there. So if you are working with somebody like a licensed professional that specializes in that area, then I would also talk to them about this, right? So it's really important that we're taking into consideration all of our health, all of our well-being. Um, And this, you know, could be a great exercise for you to be doing as well as something else. But if you are working with somebody and you're in recovery, you just want to make sure that you are working very closely with them. 
So the next step was um, the next step really here. So after we kind of hit that first little bit with the scale head on, it's looking at crafting a food plan for yourself. So this is different than going to Google or going to somebody and having them give you a meal plan, right? Where it's like, eat this, eat this, eat this at these times. This is you taking responsibility. It's you taking ownership for what you're going to eat. And it's creating the food plan for yourself. So what are all of the foods that you want to eat? Like, what are the things that you actually enjoy eating? Write all of those down. What are the foods that you really don't care if you ever ate them again, right? So you would probably be surprised to find that there might be some foods that if you're operating kind of from the dieters mentality, it's like whenever it comes out, you just wolf it down, right? Because you're like, oh man, here's my chance. It's kind of that last chance eating. So you're going to eat all of it, right? But then you might realize that, heck, I don't even like what this tastes like. If you slow down long enough to let yourself taste the food, you might realize it doesn't make you feel good. It doesn't even taste good. So what are all of those foods for you? And you might really have to experiment with that, like eating slowly, eating mindfully, and then deciding like, does this feel good in my body? And do I like the taste of it? Ironically, oftentimes people will eat food just because it's there, even if they don't like it or even if they're not hungry. So really explore what foods do you actually like to eat? What foods do feel good in your body? Include all of those on your food plan. Then make a rule to, or not a rule, but really make a deal with yourself to kind of break up with those foods that don't. There really is no point in eating things that you don't even like. I mean, really think about that. And then when the thoughts that come up to eat it, go to work on those, right? So notice the thoughts, notice the emotions, and just let them be there without reacting. So for a lot of people, even the thought like, you know, just having the thought of like, oh, yeah, I want to go get some ice cream. And then they realize, oh, my gosh, like after I eat ice cream, I don't feel that well. But every time that that thought comes up of ooh, ice cream sounds good, they kind of override the thought of like, yeah, but remember, this doesn't really make you feel good. So just make the deal to break up with the foods that you don't even care about eating. And then when the urge strikes to eat it, just notice the thoughts, notice the emotions, and just let them be there without giving in and going to get that food. Finally, look at exploring some different types of movement. So what is it that you actually like to do in terms of movement? What don't you like to do? Are you making your choices based on like weight loss or aesthetic goals or reasons only? You might want to find classes online or in person, right? So buy a program or something if you need that guidance or if you're creative enough or if you, you know, want to kind of piece together your own you can make your own program. Although I would really suggest that at the beginning, you know, doing this kind of at the beginning of the week, putting together your program or putting together your plan, even your movement plan for the week ahead of time so that you're not wasting time, right? So we typically, I'll plan like six or seven dinners out and then I go get all the groceries. I do a little bit of prep for that. So kind of the same thing with your workouts or with your food that you're planning to eat. You want to do as much of that planning ahead of time as you can so that you're not having to like scramble sort of at the last minute for this, okay? 
Make sure, um, of course, like when you're working out that you are using correct form. We want to be safe here. We want to keep you working out, training, moving your body for a long time. But at the end of the day, we really want to be looking at kind of approaching this as more of a partnership with our bodies, right? So that really is kind of the crux of the non-diet approach. It's partnering with our bodies, with food, with movement, um, with our mindset, right? And really just like thinking about how can I honor my body? How can I help my body today? Um, you know, because we know that our body will turn around and for sure help us as long as we're taking care of it. So taking into consideration your mental, emotional, physical, and spiritual health, right? Your relational health with yourself, with your body, with food, with exercise, with others, with your creator, like all of that kind of stuff really factors into the non-diet approach. But of course, no doubt diet-minded behaviors are going to slip in, diet thinking is going to come back more so in the beginning. Just don't try to resist it away, right? Don't try to push it down, just allow it to be there and take really that curious, compassionate approach and just asking, you know, like, how does this thought serve me? Or how is this thought like working to help me? How is it working to hinder me, right? Just noticing them, allowing them to be there without taking a, a reaction or like without reaction reacting is going to be huge in the success. I think one of the things that kind of keeps us stuck or kind of keeps tripping us up is when we want to like resist the thought or we want to resist the negative emotion because we think that that's going to slow us down. But the reality is, is like the more that we resist it, the slower we go. Whereas if we can just learn to allow the urges, learn to allow, you know, those different thoughts or those different feelings to be there and not react, they're going to pass through. I think I'd read somewhere really that emotions only last for about 90 seconds in our body. It's the resisting it or it's kind of the ruminating over the thing that happened that makes that feeling last longer. So remember, dieting is really all a mindset. It's how you're thinking about things that's going to drive different behaviors from your emotions, right? So you could have two people doing the exact same thing around food, you know, taking the same action with food or exercise or a scale or something like that. But it's the mentality that's going to be the difference between taking the diet approach and the non-diet approach. You can be mindful of what it is that you're eating without being on a, di- a diet. Decide why you're doing what you're doing. Keep your awareness, keep that compassion and that grace at the forefront of all of this work. You will learn how to utilize self-control around food without the guilt or the, that toxic shame or the false control that dieting brings. Learn how to move your body in a way that feels good and helps you reach your goals long-term and learn how to manage those unruly thoughts that keep you from experiencing true freedom that the non-diet lifestyle can bring to you. So I hope that this was helpful for you and really kind of clarifying between what I would say is kind of the dieting approach to food and exercise and the non-dieting approach. If you have any questions about this whatsoever, please don't hesitate to reach out. You can find me on social. I'll have the links down below. Or you can, of course, shoot me an email, alicia at aliciacarlson.com if you're curious about taking this work even deeper and would like to work with a coach on that. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll talk to you again soon.